Speaking of Travel is sponsored by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit AppalachianRealty.com. And Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club to receive the latest travel news and travel tips, that's speakingoftravel.net. And remember, you can always listen to this episode or any past episode of Speaking of Travel on the Speaking of Travel website, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, I want to tell you that I am so excited that we're continuing our Speaking of Travel Climate Listening Project series with Dana Ruggiero. Dana's here in the studio today, and we have a great show on tap for you. Welcome, Dana. I'm so glad to see you. I am so honored to be here, and I just, I love this series that we're doing on green travel, ecotourism, and talking about how climate change is impacting the places that we love. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Well, Dana, I have to say that certainly in the news over and over and over again these past few months, over the last decade even, there has been this talk of climate change. And it can get heated. People can uh, debate what it is, what's going on. But the most important thing is that we do know that the places we love and the places we love to travel are becoming a little compromised and we have a responsibility to step up and I appreciate people like you who are bringing this climate conversation into the mainstream and talking about these issues. You know, it is it is good when people are talking about it. We're seeing impacts across America and around the world. And we're also seeing people creating solutions and creating positive conversations um, like our guests today. And, and these conversations are important. So the Climate Listening Project is all about listening and kind of meeting in the middle and, and finding the bridge and those divides and and allowing people to be their whole selves. And I think that oftentimes it's this political conversation when really climate change is about people and it's about our our lives, the places we live, the, the jobs that we work, the families that we love, and it affects so much of our lives. And so I think when we listen to each other, you know, and we really take time to share our own stories and connect the dots around climate change change. We're seeing a shift in conversations. We're seeing it more in national media conversations. And it's and it's really good and it's important. It is very important. And like you said, the more that this conversation can become mainstream, 
out there for everybody to share, the better. Yes. And so what a perfect segue to introduce our guest today, Dana, and talk a little bit about what uh, what she's doing, what this project is all about, and, and how Dana is connected and the Climate Listening Project. Oh, well, I just want to welcome Susan from the PBS show EcoSense to our show. Thank you so much for joining us. I am delighted to be with you. Thank you for having me. Hi, Susan. It's Marilyn here. It's so nice to have you. And your last name is Satterfield? Satterfield, yes. Actually, uh, there's a lot of Satterfields up in North Carolina. I have people there. Ah, Just like there are a lot of balls. We're probably kin. There's not many Rogeros. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome, Susan, to the show. And Dana, why don't you and Susan give us a a broad idea of what's going on with this PBS series? Well, I was so honored, you know, to film with Moms Clean Air Force across America, listening to women who are impacted by fossil fuel industries, climate impacts, and also culture of extraction. And so that was... A film series that I released called The Story We Want. And so when Moms Clean Air Force and Susan reached out about their new upcoming series, I was so honored to be able to provide some footage from our time filming in Pennsylvania. But that is just going to be a small part of this amazing, inspiring show that Susan has created. Susan, what is EcoSense? Um, well, EcoSense is, is, is actually our nickname for the whole, the whole show is called EcoSense for Living, but we just mostly call it EcoSense. It's, it's a, a doc-style magazine show, half hour, um, and it's offered free to all PBS stations and networks. Um, and basically, we, are, we highlight issues that are facing uh, the environment, challenges that are facing environment, and um, particularly with an emphasis on talking to people and organizations that are doing something. Um, And we always try to include an element of what you as an individual can do to actually make things better because, um, you know, people can suffer from um, basically environmental depression or eco-fatigue because the problems are are large and we can feel overwhelmed, but um, we can't, you know, as soon as we stop trying, we we stop trying. So we, we feel like there's a lot of great things that are being done, and we try to get out there and show what those are. Thank you so much for doing that. You know, solutions and individuals sharing stories about what they're doing and organizations talking about how to get involved is is just so important. I definitely feel that that fatigue sometimes, especially in the last couple of years. But we don't have to go there. Um, So so you've been on the air for for a couple of years now. We've been on the air since... um uh, 2005. Um, we originally started out, we were just going to be um, PSAs, a little public service announcements. And um, Jenny Garlington, who is our, our host and one of the executive producers of the show, um, was working through KET, which is the Kentucky Educational Television. And that was, that was the original idea they brainstormed. But um, we quickly evolved into you know, a longer format because there was so much more that we wanted to do, and, you know, a minute just won't 
won't really get you very far. So um, we we did at first just one show, and then we were doing two shows per year, and now we're doing four shows per year. Of course, we'd like to do more, but we are we are funded by grants, and so we are doing as much as possible with what we've got. Oh, yeah. No, getting it done. And thank you for that. Um, so people can check their local PBS listings and watch it in their communities and connect right on their television screens to these important messages, right? Right. We are distributed nationally and we're free to every station or network that wants us in the PBS system. So we're also on PBS streaming. So you can watch it online. You can watch it probably even on your devices and mm-hmm. and and get involved, learn how you can get involved. Now, you have you have been, you know, to Pennsylvania, as I know, and also to many places around the country. Where are some of the places that you've been able to travel and listen to stories? Gosh, um, we have um, been all over the country, really, um, this new batch of shows that will become we always um upload our shows for distribution uh right around the end of march beginning of april and this year we're going to be available um to stations on oh i need to pull out that card april 6th april 6th yeah so um the shows that we did uh that we've we're just completing now we did one about um living with grizzly bears and wolves and we were primarily in montana and wyoming for that one to um, try to show how complicated it is for people who live in that area um, and some of the really creative things that are being done by people and organizations up there to uh, make sure that that there's less conflict and you know, peaceful ways for people to live with these really impressive apex predators. Um, and also, you know, looked a little bit at the environmental, uh, um, at the Endangered Species Act, because I think that's confusing for a lot of people. Um, so we were primarily out, out west for that one. We have a show coming out called The Future of Food, and we spent um, time in New Orleans there looking at sustainable seafood and also the possibility of um, having insects on the menu in the future. Ooh, my best friend is a chef down in New Orleans. Let's talk more about all of that when we come back. Right, Marilyn? Yes. Susan, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. (laughs) It's really exciting. This is Marilyn Baugh. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we'll be back right after the break. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. When you're traveling, bring an extra credit card and keep it in a separate location than your wallet. So just think what happens if you lose your wallet or it's stolen or one credit card is compromised or stops working. Consider the second credit card your backup and only use it in a situation in which, you, in which you can't use your primary card, and then always have a little stash of cash just in case. 
It's also a good idea to keep information about your credit card with you when you travel. You know, your credit card number and the customer service phone number so you have the information you need should your information be stolen or lost. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Love can be defined in many ways, but simply put, love is taking the high road, even when it's not a road at all. Some say love is blind. That's why, as an extra set of eyes, Subaru Eyesight Technology watches the road resolutely with your best interest at heart because love doesn't find faults, rather opportunities to forgive them. Find your automotive soulmate in a 2019 Subaru, one that is sure to love you back. The Subaru True Love Event, now through February 28th. Prestige Subaru. Find out more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. We're here today with Dana Ruggiero and the Climate Listening Project series. And we have our guest today is Susan Satterfield. She's a producer and director of the PBS series EcoSense for Living. Susan, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. And we're talking to you. You're outside of Atlanta. Is that right? That's correct. I'm in a beautiful little suburb uh, railroad town called uh, Norcross, Georgia. I know it well. I used to live down in Atlanta, and today, actually, our friend Doc Lawrence is down in Macon, Georgia, so ah. we'll be talking to him in a little bit, too. Well, Susan, before the break, we were talking about some of these episodes where you were traveling out west and looking at endangered species and the grizzlies and the wolves and then you Louisiana and the future of food. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the places where you've been and, and some of these topics that you've been covering. Well, uh, for a, a show that we did last year, we were up in North Carolina um, and the beautiful little town of Mount Airy, which we thoroughly enjoyed. There is uh, a farm up there that. Uh, basically, it's, it's called a solar sheep farm, and we were really excited about this idea because it's it's a win for for solar energy. It's a win for farmers and landowners, and it's great for the sheep. And um, basically, this is just a this is a, a big plot of land, and there's more than one of them. But the one we visited, it has uh, it's not it's not paved. It's got all natural grasses that are indigenous to the area pretty much, and and um, these long lines of solar panels, which you've seen if you've ever seen a solar, you know, solar installation. And what they figured out is that sheep are perfect for this because they eat the weeds and the grasses, so they keep the grass low. If you don't have to mow, you don't risk having rocks and, uh, you know, hard 
items going up and blasting through your solar panels, which causes damage. It's very expensive to fix. Mm. Um, and then when, if it rains or it's really hot, the sheep can go stand under the solar panels and have some cover and shade. Um, and the, the farmer, whoever owns the land, um, their land is leased by the solar energy company, so they get the money for the land. And the rancher who's raising the sheep, in this case it was a lovely family, uh, a family-owned business, and um, they, you know, have free grazing for their sheep. So wow. they also can make extra money by, you know, they're out there, you know, every day or most days checking on the sheep, and they can, if they see a problem with the solar panels, you know, some of them are trained to fix things, and they can go, you know, do repairs and get paid for that as well. That's so, so inspiring. It is so inspiring, and it is a win-win-win. And and when we talk about climate change, you know, so many times we're only focusing on the negative aspects. There's a perception, oh, you know, we're in doomsday, when in fact it's, it's opening up so many new possibilities of uh, change and and rescue even. That's a perfect example. Absolutely. You know, I, I like to say with the Climate Listening Project that I'm not trying to convince anyone that climate change is real. I'm just showing the real people that are impacted by climate change, but also the real people who are creating real solutions. And there are farmers and parents and faith leaders and individuals all over that are rising up and creating solutions. You know, one of the other episodes on this PBS series, EcoSense for Living, is going to be featured in Pennsylvania. Do we still need the Clean Air Act? And that will include scenes from the Climate Listening Project series, The Story We Want with Mom's Clean Air Force. The episode explores what led to the Clean Air Act and why it's still necessary today. Mothers from Mom's Clean Air Force examine sources of air pollution, and parents take a look at how how to guard children's health from chemicals associated with fracking in Pennsylvania. And that's a really important connection is the fossil fuel industry and climate change. And and moms and individuals are taking action. This episode includes so much more. But Susan, what inspired you about Patrice and, and these moms in, in Pennsylvania and also in Florida? You know, I think that... Um Women and and mothers in particular um, can be such a powerful force for for change and for you know sort of waving a flag and saying hey this is this is touching us personally and we need you to pay attention to it you will just not find anyone fighting harder than someone who is fighting for their own family um, and so many kids have asthma and respiratory issues and um you know the, the air, clean air is important to everyone it affects everyone but i think it makes it very hard for for politicians or corporations to ignore when parents are out talking about how it's affecting their family and, and particularly their children. Um, one of the things Patrice says in that episode is, I don't believe that anyone sets out to intentionally hurt children. Yeah. And I thought that was such a powerful thing to say. Um, and if these 
if that's the case, and I'd like to believe that too, when you draw attention to to people who run companies, to people who make products, to people who to politicians, and say, "Hey, this is hurting our children," um, they should want to jump in and do something about that. Yes. Oh, you know, another another place that you visited was um, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana about trash. And that episode is called Talking Trash. And that's another, you know, aspect of climate change that is something that is impacting our environment. It's impacting our future for our children. And it's something that impacts our travel. You know, I've been places where I think about how can I reduce my footprint? And also I've been places where I've seen trash on the beach and I'm picking up as I'm going along, you know. Um, tell us a little bit about that episode. Well, uh, you know, one of the things, I know you love this too, Dana. One of the things that I love about going into these stories is you learn so much. And then you can't wait to tell people um, and I, I try to make sure that people don't run from me at cocktail parties. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but trash is such a cool subject. And um, we chose to go down to Orlando for one thing because um, they are doing really amazing stuff. Orlando has a unique problem in that they are the most visited city in the world. 72 million people come to Orlando every year. And um, as their director of sustainability, Chris Castro, said, he said, you know, when you're on vacation, you take long showers. You don't think about recycling maybe the way you would at home. You, you know, you crank up the air conditioning if you're in Florida, you know. And so they're doing all these things to try to create a culture in, in Orlando that makes it easy for residents, but also visitors to understand how they can um, how they can recycle and reuse. They, they're creating um, closed-loop systems. So the mayor and um, and the whole sustainability department actually, I, I thought this was brilliant. Every city could do this. They bought composting bins for, I believe it was like 6,000 residents initially just to, to do a test program. And they figured out that within a year to two years, they were saving money from people composting because when our food waste goes into a landfill, you know, you have to pay to put things in a landfill and it can be very expensive for cities and municipalities. So um, when they started getting all these people to compost, they started saving money because all of, and then they took that compost, they take it to a company that uh, turns it into fertilizer and soil amendments and um, then that's sold to people who are gardening. So, um, and, and they have 30 restaurants on board also doing composting. So when you raise it up to a commercial scale, I mean, think of all the restaurants in Orlando. If that movement can go out, there's going to be huge amounts of compost. Oh, and they're also using it to fuel, uh, to turn into fuel for wow. buses. EcoSense can save you sense. Right, Marilyn? That is absolutely right. Susan, thank you so much. We're really excited to have you on the show and want to continue this dialogue. And I, I was taking notes during that whole segment because, like you said, this whole compost thing is something that can go national and we all can do it. It's as easy as uh, 
throwing your your compost in a bin. It's super easy. Right. All right. Well, we'll be back after the break. We're talking with uh, Susan Satterfield, producer and director of PBS series EcoSense for Living, and Dana Ruggiero with the Climate Listening Project. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Love can be defined in many ways, but simply put, love is taking the high road, even when it's not a road at all. Some say love is blind. That's why, as an extra set of eyes, Subaru EyeSight Technology watches the road resolutely with your best interests at heart. Because love doesn't find faults, rather opportunities to forgive them. Find your automotive soulmate in a 2019 Subaru, one that is sure to love you back. Subaru True Love Event, now through February 28th. Prestige Subaru. Find out more at PrestigeSubaru.com. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. It's time to catch up with Doc Lawrence, where Soul lives along the Gourmet Highway. He's heading south, down to Macon, Georgia, home of Otis Redding and Little Richard, among many others. Hey, Doc, I heard you can feel Macon's soul throughout the whole city. You tell us about that. Sitting by the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Marilyn, you caught me kind of daydreaming. Yeah. I'm not in San Francisco, I'm in Macon, Georgia, and this is the home of the great Otis Redding. And he wrote Dock of the Bay and many, many other songs, including Respect. He made a hit of himself, but not as big as his friend Aretha Franklin did. Macon is a treasure to me. I got on Highway 41 going south, and it takes you right from Atlanta to downtown Macon, and this is where the legendary Nat line begins. It's the fall line where the Piedmont blends with the coastal plain. Red clay turns to sandy soil and it has an awful lot to do with the spirit, the soul, and the mystery of the South. And nothing embodies the music more of the South outside of Nashville than Georgia's music city, Macon, Georgia. Hey, this is the home of Little Richard. If you don't like Little Richard, something's wrong with you. I've always thought that slipping and sliding by Little Richard should have some exalted status right alongside Georgia on my mind, the Peach State's state song by Ray Charles. 
But I'm having a little fun right now. This is what happens, Maryland, when you travel so much in these great cities and visit, eat, get to know people, have coffee with them, maybe a glass of wine, listen to their music, and extend a hand in friendship and make yourself a brand new friend. It's easy to do here. This is Macon's Cherry Tree Festival. The Cherry Blossom Festival, as it's officially called, Maryland. And the trees are ablaze in a brilliant, almost neon pink. It rivals the best in Washington, D.C. And this city is simply gorgeous this time of the year and most any other time. Macon, Maryland is a great multicultural center where rock music, country, blues, jazz prosper right alongside opera, the symphony, and the Macon Ballet. Here at the Opera House, which I visited yesterday, the great Houdini performed once, and the trapdoor he used to disappear is still there. I was afraid to step on that thing. It might swallow old Doc. This is the home, Maryland, of the great poet Sidney Lanier. He lived here, he died here, is buried here, and his home is a museum. While the first poem I ever learned when I was in school was his Song of the Chattahoochee, far from the hills of Habersham, far from the valleys of Hall. Food, you got to be here to enjoy this. Some of the greatest southern cuisine this side of New Orleans. Barbecue, I go to Fresh Air, the very best Brunswick stew I've had anywhere in the country. And that's saying something. Hot dogs, new way. You got to go to the varsity in Atlanta to have anything to compare with it. They're just wonderful, and they've been here half a century. Tonight, Maryland, I'm headed to Dovetail. That sounds like fine dining, and it is. And I've already thought about what I'm going to eat. I'm going to have a dinner of fresh Georgia coastal seafood, a small filet mignon, a Caesar salad, and I've already decided on a bottle of Cru Chambertin from Burgundy that will fit like a kid glove on a lady's hand. Before I leave Macon, Maryland, I just want to say something special and personal. This is one of my really favorite places. Some of my kinfolks came from here. Some are buried here. I always get treated nicely here. It's that kind of city. They welcome visitors, and they can't wait to see you and all the members of the listening audience come visit, dine with them, have fun with them, maybe dance a little bit with them to the Allman Brothers. After all, this is their home as well. I hate to leave, but I gotta go. So this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway in lovely Macon, Georgia, saying so long for now, and I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Well, I say soul is alive and well down in Macon, Georgia, Doc. I'm heading down that way, and I want you to have fun and be safe. And remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, when you're out visiting any place, you want to make sure that you're keeping a little bit smaller footprint and that you leave no trace. We're here today with Dana Ruggiero in the studio, and we've got with us Susan Satterfield, the producer and director of PBS, uh, the PBS series EcoSense for Living. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you. And I'll tell you, Susan, this has been really eye-opening because... As Dana was saying in the intro, being able to have solutions and find ways that each of us individually can do something to help uh, just keep our planet going 
is so important. And you're doing that on a on a real grassroots kind of level. And tell us more about that. We were talking before the break about um, what were we, not that I forgot, but <laughs> we were talking about different we, solutions in in large tourism cities oh, like right, Orlando. Orlando. We were talking about Orlando, and you forgot because we started talking about how in Asheville we right. had two hundred thousand rooms sold compared to last year where we had one hundred thousand rooms sold, and just the growth and how exciting it would be to adapt this kind of plan in Asheville, and that's what Susan's show does. It. I think it inspires people. And so you got really inspired. I did. And I started writing notes down. <laughs> I did. I have so many notes here because I love this idea of the composting bins. And I w- there was just so much going on. And Susan, I want to ask you, there is so much going on. How do you how do you determine what sh- what shows you are going to do and where you're going to do them? Oh, that's that's a really good question. Um, we have. um we start right about now, um, just, you know, in, in the spring, looking at what are we going to do next. So we tend to shoot a lot in late spring, summer through the early fall. Um, and there are uh, four or five of us that keep, you know, as we see newspaper articles, as we hear about things, as we talk to people like you um, and people send us things, we we just all collect them in a file folder. And then we have several brainstorming sessions where we talk about um, not only what topics we want to cover, but how we want to cover them. You know, is there a way we can do it, maybe look at it differently from from what's already out there. And and because we're magazine style, you know, we tend to get a theme and then look for three or four segments that fit in that theme. Um, so we just basically hash it out and um, and we all have our favorites, of course. And um, yeah. and sometimes sometimes when you're the one you want to do isn't in yet. Uh, and you know sometimes you really want to do something on a topic, but um, there's not much to show. You know, to tell, there are limits to television. So there are some some ideas that are great on, for instance, you know, um, radio on NPR. Let's say NPR a lot, um, but not they they don't lend themselves to television very easily. And so we either have to table that until we have something we can show, or we we have to try and figure out. You get really creative. I'm sure you run into this as well. There's so many good solutions out there. And, you know, I just spoke at a university um, and showed some of my films and had a chance to listen to students there who were talking about, you know, I'd really like to make a graphic novel about about climate solutions. And another another student um, was was talking about, you know, different ideas for different films that they could make. Another student said they wanted to get into how do they combine the their passion for acting with science and um, you know this this television medium is so important this radio medium Marilyn and thank you for all that you're doing um, there's so many ways to share these stories and whenever I'm out there and people are saying hey Dana I have this story that you need to hear you need to film this I say you know hey you know now with social media 
share it, you know, talk about it, talk about it with your neighbor, talk about it at your faith uh, organization, talk about it in your community. Um, You know, what we need to do is be talking more and more about these solutions. And so everybody can be a part of that conversation. But I'm so excited about what you're doing. And so people can check out national listings on PBS um, and find the, the show locally in their area in April, right? That is correct. Um, it, uh, stations can run us all year long, and some of them do. Some of them run our first, second, and now we're going into our, our third season. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just have to check your local listings, or we're on you know, pbs.org backslash show backslash ecosense-living, um, and you can find us that way as well. That is awesome, and we will be looking for you. And, Dana, tell us your website real quick. ClimateListeningProject.org. Perfect. Well, we'll be back after the break with Susan and Dana. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Love can be defined in many ways, but simply put, love is taking the high road, even when it's not a road at all. Some say love is blind. That's why, as an extra set of eyes, Subaru Eyesight Technology watches the road resolutely with your best interest at heart, because love doesn't find faults, rather opportunities to forgive them. Find your automotive soulmate in a 2019 Subaru, one that is sure to love you back. Subaru True Love Event, now through February 28th. Prestige Subaru. Find out more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and you're here with Dana Ruggiero of the Climate Listening Project. We're, uh, we're into month two of our Climate Listening series. Dana? 2019. Yes. You can visit climatelisteningproject.org to listen to our past episodes from the past couple of years where we listen to folks um, and experts and, and, and travel climate change um, individuals who talk, um, you know, about green travel 
pollinator friendly cities, uh, green building, agritourism, birding tourism. We, we've, we've hit on a lot of good topics. And now in 2019, we are doing this every single month. So you can listen in and you can find more information on speakingoftravel.net backslash climate series. Perfect. Thank you, Dana. And Susan is here with us from the PBS show, uh, EcoSense for Living. I'm so excited. Susan Satterfield is here, and we've been talking about uh, just all these wonderful episodes that, that your team is involved in. And I want to go back just a minute to the episode we were talking about earlier, Susan, about trash, because... Um, we, I, I was in advertising for many years when we did a campaign for one of our uh, local um, organizations here, uh, a anti-litter uh, campaign. Aww. It was called Trash Blows. Oh my god! <laughs> it was it was for pickup trucks. You know, people in pickup trucks like get a get something on the back because the trash is blowing. But tell us about the. Uh, we were talking about. We're talking trash. Uh, Uh Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, um, one of my favorite discoveries while we were uh, researching and shooting that show is there's an organization called Recycling Across America. And the woman who founded it, Mitch Hedlund, um, was a consultant to companies that were trying to be greener and more um, eco-friendly. And what she discovered was that a lot of... um, Companies, schools, municipalities uh, who were trying to do the right thing had basically come up with their own recycling, their own bins, their own labeling. And it was confusing people because they're all different. And they did some study and gathered some data and found that one, that really the main reason that we're not recycling more is because we're confused. And I think everybody can relate to walking up to somewhere in an airport or a coffee shop and looking at the, at the recycling bins and being not sure what you can and can't recycle. And she said when people aren't sure, they either just throw it all in the trash or they do what she calls wish cycle. And wish cycling is exactly what it sounds like. It's just you go, you just throw everything in the recycling bin and hope that it can be recycled. The problem with that is it contaminates the recycling. And we've been talking recently, they have heard about how China has refused to take our recycling. They were our number one processor of recycling. And they, they kept asking us to clean up the quality of our recycling. And um, apparently we just weren't doing it. And finally they said, you know, um, we can't take it anymore because when recycling is contaminated, it ruins a whole batch. And there's a lot of companies that make products that want to use recyclable materials for to package their products, and they're having a hard time because in America, we're only recycling at about 23%. And so much of what ends, 80% of what ends up in the ocean is recyclable. So uh, Recycling Across America is doing a big campaign to try to get standardized labeling to take the confusion out. I think it's just a great example of identifying the source of a problem and then figuring out such a simple solution to fix it. And any group or city can get in touch with them, and they'll provide free labels. They, they are just – they're – 
they're a wonderful organization. So I hope everybody will check them out. That's a great solution. I love solutions. And that's one area that is so important as we talk about EcoSense and and sustainability and green tourism and and protecting the places that we love to live and to travel. Let's talk a little bit more about solutions, Susan. Could you give us some other tips, perhaps, that an individual who's listening today might be able to, you know, incorporate into their everyday life today? Well, um, here's... (laughs) We just did something about electric cars, and um, I know not everybody can afford an electric car. I, I unfortunately, don't have one. Um, But um, I think, you know, we can be very mindful about our transportation choices. Um, Almost all of us go somewhere every day. And um, I was really excited to find out that the, the, the company's, the ride-sharing companies um, like Uber and Lyft, uh, the the amount, the number of people who are using those at, in a carpool situation has gone up to about thirty percent, and I think that's great. Anytime you have an opportunity to carpool, um, of course, walk or ride or you know bike share and all those kind of things. I, I think if we just stop every day before we go somewhere and think, you know, can I take mass transportation? Can I share a ride with someone? Um, Could I walk, you know, for my health and the planet? Those are everyday decisions that we make um, that, if we're mindful, those have an immediate impact on the planet. Um, That's such a great tip. You know, Mm -hmm. I I recently was going, when I went to speak at a university in Florida, I I had to drive down and I have a hybrid car and I did that instead of flying uh, because I felt like that would be better. And I ended up driving through Atlanta right before the Super Bowl was happening that day. And I freaked out. I said, oh my gosh, I started seeing signs because I honestly didn't know that the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. So I'm starting to see the signs and I'm like, oh no. I'm about to hit some really bad traffic. But I went right through and I was listening to the radio and people were talking about how, you know, the way that they had set up the city beforehand was that they were encouraging people to walk around. Everything was sort of within walkable distance. And they had so many people walking the streets, you know, able to get to the stadium and to all these different activities within walking distance, within biking distance. And I was I was really, really impressed by that. Um, you know, down in Florida, um, where I went, um, there's all these little intentional tourist communities along this road called 30A. And I'm always really inspired by those places because you see no cars. You see everybody that kind of goes to this one little community to visit. They end up being able to just bike around, you know. And the hotel that I stayed at um, when I was on my recent two-month tour of Florida in the southeast, um, you know, they gave out free bikes to every visitor. You know, um, I, I love to see people offering solutions and and places thinking intentionally about how to do that better. Um, and, you know, in the in the in uh, the southeast and in, in something that I do want to say, my first film tour I actually did um, with GM, with Chevy Volt when they launched their electric vehicle. And I did a tour of California from the top to the bottom with Discovery Communications and shared these stories of sustainable farmers and biodiversity 
dynamic wineries and all of these things. Um, but, you know, when I travel, I see a lot more electric vehicles. Um, in North Carolina, we have a sort of monopoly situation um, and, and our energy comes from coal. So when you are plugging in your electric vehicle, you're actually plugging into dirty energy. And so we're pushing for more sustainable, cleaner energy sources. And I think as we see that grow, we will see electric vehicles grow as well. What do you think about that, Susan? That's a really good point. Uh, we, we interviewed um, uh, a scientist from Union of Concerned Scientists about electric vehicles. And, you know, the, um, the energy mix is improving overall in America. Yes, there are still places where when you plug in your electric vehicle, your your energy is predominantly coming from coal. But that is changing over time as these renewable resources, you know, come down in price. So uh, you especially caught my ear with the visiting a biodynamic uh, winery. It's like, I, I love not that. Exactly sure what that is, but I definitely want to go there. And you will, Susan. <laughs> so tell us again how we can watch uh, watch the show. Uh, well, you can check your local listings because uh, every station and network can program our show whenever they want. Um, you can also go to uh, the PBS streaming site, and so PBS dot org and. It's backslash show, backslash eco-living. You can probably just go to pbs.org and enter EcoSense for Living, too. Um, You can imagine I'm I'm on there enough that it comes up automatically for me. And we have a a Facebook page, EcoSense for Living. We welcome people to come and join the conversation there, too. Well, we are excited to join the conversation. I want to thank you, Susan Satterfield, the producer and director of this PBS series, EcoSense for Living, and Dana Ruggiero with the Climate Listening Project. This has been really so informative, and I want to thank you both for being here today. Thank you, you Susan. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, let's keep making change, right? Let's keep exactly. You know, you talked about mindfulness. Let's all let's all take this week and and be mindful and uh, leave no trace. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Don't